Hey, 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 you guys. I'm so glad I have a special guest with us here on Black Canvas. And this is someone who I truly admire. And if you guys have not heard of him before, by the end of this episode, I hope you guys check him out and please support him in his career. His name is Sean Paul Piccinino. He is an award-winning film and television director who currently has five feature films streaming on Netflix. A California Christmas and A California Christmas City Lights both hit the top of the charts at number one and number two, respectively, worldwide for over two weeks in December of 2020 and 2021. Over the past four and a half years, Sean has directed eight feature films and two television series. Earlier achievements include the hit television series Deadliest Warrior, directing, stunt coordinating, and also portraying Scottish hero William Wallace, the Call of Duty franchise, UFC Undisputed franchise, Spider-Man Web of Shadows, and Robot Chicken, and also The Lackey, which is an award-winning award guys feature film that he made for only $7,500. Piccinino has been pursuing his passion of entertaining through the lens of a true fan of movies and filmmaking since his move to Los Angeles from Northern California in 2001. He has worked in every aspect of the business from acting, editing, visual effects, script writing, producing, stunt coordinating, and of course, directing. His training began early in life on stage as he was classically trained by his father, Barry Piccinino, a renowned drama professor and stage director in his own right. With a gift for creativity and a thirst to entertain others, Sean has developed a solid reputation for creativity, sincerity, as well as staying on his budget. Sean utilizes the time he has on set effectively to achieve the best version of any project. And in 2021, Piccinino had two releases, including American Fighter, which hit select theaters. And that is, if, if y'all want to know about it, of course, amazing, amazing. From what I've heard, I haven't seen it yet, but I would definitely check it out. And then also A California Christmas City Lights, which topped the charts on Netflix and was the number one holiday movie for Netflix on Christmas itself. Coming up for Piccinino is another Netflix original releasing in the summer of 2022, as well as a filming of a new movie for HBO Max. So we're so glad to have you here, Sean, as a guest on Black Canvas. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's, it's uh, an honor to be here. Well, the honor is definitely ours. I mean, we have to just... I mean, when I was reading that, I was like, I was getting a little tongue-tied in the beginning because there was so many amazing accolades. And I was like, wow, this is just such a great, illustrious career that you have already started. And we can't wait to see what the, what's in store for you. Definitely coming up soon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm trying to keep trying to uh, build the career and and obviously trying to make the, you know, each, the, each uh, uh, project better than the previous one, you know? That's awesome. So I have a fun fact for you, Sean. Now, this is going to be like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> but Sean, I actually wrote my own um, screenplay myself. 
So I, I would definitely love for you to look at it one day. Maybe give me some great constructive feedback on it. Oh, sure. Yeah, of course. Of course. That's awesome. All right. So I have some questions for you, Sean. So if you're ready, I'm going to ask you a few questions that's going to be related to your life and your career. And then we just want your honest opinion on each one. Okay. Sounds great. All right. So the first one we have, Sean, is what has been one of the best compliments you've ever received in your career thus far? Ooh, that's tough. I mean, there's been so many instances where I've been, uh, you know, just, just very, very humbled and, and honored that anybody would, uh, you know, take anything from, from the work that I do. You know, it's, I think it's every artist and storyteller's dream that, that your projects and your, your art might affect somebody in some way. And uh, I've certainly had a few of those moments. I count myself extremely lucky to, to have those moments. Um, Oh boy. The, the, the biggest compliment. Um, Hmm. It's, that's, that's really tough. I can, I can just name, how about I name one? I don't know if it's the best ever, but it is uh, the one that, uh, that uh, affected me. And that was um, somebody who, had a family member who was going through, uh, you know, very tough time, uh, with, with battling cancer. And in our first, uh, California Christmas movie, we also had a character that was, was going through that. And, uh, they had reached out, um, through social media and and let me know how much that, that storyline affected them. And in a positive way, in a, in a way of, helping them deal with that situation. And, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. It brought, brought me to tears, just, just, uh, interacting with them and the fact that, uh, that stuff affected them that much. I think that's, those are the moments that, uh, you know, all the accolades of like, Oh, you, you, you know, did this or did that really well. Those are fantastic, of course. And, and again, so humbling every time, but I think the moments where you truly, get an opportunity to share something with someone and it affects them on a, on a very real level, um, you know, personal level. I think that's the best compliment you can ever, ever get. Um, and so it has to be those moments. I love that, Sean. I think that that also shows the script and, and just the way that things are written in a team. It takes a, a team to make it work, especially with films. And we have a short time in between films to kind of be able to go over, you know, your sides and make sure that when you have background coming in, like there's a lot that goes into filmmaking. And so I love that someone was able to have an emotional connection with you and say, this is something that they experienced and they felt, you know, even the inclination to reach out to you and say, hey, I want to let you know what your movie has done for me. So that's great. Yeah. I mean, that particular movie as well, uh, we were shooting a scene that that had to do with that um, storyline and it was, you know, played by the wonderful Amanda Detmer and um, of course, Lauren Swickard, who not only starred in it, she also wrote it. Um, And uh, I, during the writing process, I had actually shared uh, some details with, with my own 
uh, family struggles with some, with some things that were similar. And uh, so the way that scene was crafted was in a way that, that, you know, I didn't even know how much it was going to affect me at the time, but Lauren wonderfully wrote it in detail that was very similar to a personal experience I had. And so when we were there filming it, uh, I got overwhelmed with emotion. It actually brought me to tears right there on set because the uh, actors and actresses were were performing it so well and so real that it took me back to that real moment in time. Uh, so it was it was uh, an emotional scene to film, and then even in the editing process, it was an emotional scene to edit. And then hearing that it affected. Even if it's just one person, it affected them in that way. And uh, that was, I don't know, that was just a super special moment. Well, I'm just very proud of you, Sean. I just want you to hear that from me. I think that you are doing such great work. Oh, I, I really, really do appreciate that. Absolutely. So I have a fun question for you. We're going to kind of segue to something a little different. <laughs> yeah, no problem. All right. So, um, what does your morning routine look like and how do you stay centered and grounded when you're dealing with time constraints when you're shooting? Um, so morning routine in general or how, or morning routine when I'm working? Let's do both. Let's, let's get an answer. Maybe oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I am a, a, I'm very much a nighttime creative person. So, you know, kind of when the world goes still around me, my, my, my brain kind of ignites so I tend to write and, and creative play music and, and, uh, and uh, you know, editing, all that stuff I tend to do late at night. So I can stay up until, you know, three in the morning with, with no problem just working on projects. So sometimes my morning routine is a little bit later than a lot of people's. Um, but, you know, I usually um, wake up, I've got kids and, and a wife and a lovely family. My wife always brings me a coffee and, uh, you know, just such a, you know, nice, nice routine here at the house. And I love spending time with everybody, help them get ready for school. Um, and, and that kind of stuff, very, <laughs> uh, kind of, uh, you know, suburban, uh, family time stuff when I'm at home. And I really enjoy that because, uh, you know, sometimes working on the movies takes me away from the family. So, uh, I really, really, uh, enjoy getting to spend that quality time, uh, at home. But when I'm on set, my routine, um, uh, usually consists of, again, once we wrap at night, I don't, I, you know, there's a lot of positions where you don't finish when the, when the day finishes. Right. So script supervisors, clearly producers, um, stuff like that. You've got a lot of crew that has to wrap out. So when we say, okay, that's a wrap for the day, there's a lot of people that still have to work. Um, and myself is one of them. So I, I will go back to the hotel or wherever it is I'm staying and I'll work on uh, shot lists. So I'll, I will be planning the next day, you know, which I've already done to some degree, but now it's, you know, that becomes the nitty gritty. Everything's happening tomorrow. I've got to make sure all these ducks are in a row and I'll speak with my director of photography and we'll plan out how we're going to shoot certain things and get creative with, with, um, uh, you know, I'm always trying to push our creativity. And, and even if we're doing a movie, that's like a fun, silly rom-com, which is certainly the case with the California Christmases and, and this new movie that I have coming out this summer, 
Um, they're very light, very, you know, just heartwarming, uh, fun, fun stories to tell. But even those we're constantly thinking like, okay, we could just, you know, point the camera and shoot this stuff, or we could create these elaborate rigs that are, you know, up on the ceiling and the camera can spin 360 degrees from the top down and things of those nature. And, and we're constantly thinking of stuff like that to just try and bring something new, something different. Uh, to whatever genre we may be shooting. Um, and uh, so I'm usually up fairly late doing that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, up super early because um, most days it's usually pretty early call times unless we go into nights or we do something called splits. Um, but either way, usually working many, many, many hours every day uh, on a shoot. And um so my morning routine, all of this is leading to that morning routine. My morning routine, I usually wake up and I am just go, 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 uh, you know, because I've probably stayed up too late and didn't get enough sleep. <laughs> and so I am uh, waking up and scrambling to get everything together. I have, um, you know, uh, <laughs> a lot of times I'll just eat breakfast on on the set uh, or I might have like some kind of uh uh, shake or some kind of smoothie thing for the morning that I can just grab and go. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I'm usually packing something in a backpack that I'm going to take with me on set. And that may include, uh, you know, obviously some kind of jacket or something if we go into the night, or it might include some little fun tools. Like, you know, I, I, I always bring a lot of stuff to, with me to set. Um, it usually way too much stuff, but, but I will bring different tools to use for filming. I operate and fly my own drones. I, I do, uh, I'll bring different kinds of vintage lenses or, uh, some kind of interesting, cool light that I can maybe make the lens flare or, or, you know, um, I recently got these really cool like prisms. Um, so it's like, uh, if you put it up to the lens, it will cause the image to distort or maybe double or almost like a kaleidoscope. So you can do some really interesting stuff like that. So that backpack usually has some tricks up its sleeve just in case we might want to use something. Um, so that's kind of my, my, uh, my fun set backpack. So I'm always throwing different things in there. And then I always bring with me like this little camping chair, a little fold out camping chair. And of course they provide chairs on set and stuff, but I am definitely not somebody who sits still on set. I've got a lot of energy and I'm running around. I'm either by the camera, I'm working with the actors. Um, I might be, you know, uh, busy trying to plan uh, a second uh, camera or something like that. So I'm constantly just running around and rather than trying to steal a, a, an Apple box from, you know, the grip department, I just, I just run around with that little camping chair and I can plop it down on the ground and it kind of unfolds and makes itself stand up. And then I can sit down and watch, watch the monitor. That's awesome. So I, I remember when you were saying that I was once an extra in a couple of movies years ago. And I just remember call times for us, we were getting there like four thirty-five, And I was like, Oh wow, this is going to be a long yeah, day. Yep. And like we were shoot for maybe 12 to 15 hours sometimes, but it was a fun experience. I mean, yeah. I met some amazing actors, the late, great 
uh, Michael Clark Duncan, who was one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. Oh, I I really wanted to work with him. I that, I'm still sad about his passing. I mean, he yes, everybody I I know that worked with him said he was one of the just the kindest humans on the planet. I mean, he really was. I remember sitting and talking with him, and I was like, I am just mesmerized by just his intellect and his, he was a very spiritual person. And yeah, I've met him and I met James Earl Jones, who is just a legend. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, that's. And and I was like, oh, wow. I wanted to say like, I'm your father. (laughs) (laughs) What an actor. I mean, he's a phenomenal actor. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. One of the best of his time. I agree. You brought me back when you were saying, I was like, I remember that experience. It was just such a fun experience. So it kind of goes into my next question of your movie so we want to talk about a california christmas and a california christmas city lights can you tell us like where were you when you found out that those movies had debuted and topped the charts at number one and number two respectively well i was um i think i was at yeah i was at home i i actually posted videos on my social media uh you know, of course I discovered it first and then I went back and go, okay, I'm going to make a fun little video about this, but, um, and like freaking out about it. And then I do stupid dances. Um, that's kind of, kind of, uh, I do have a nickname on set of the dancing director and it's, it's, uh, probably well-deserved because I'm constantly doing some kind of uh, dumb dance, but, um, yeah, so I made, I made videos of all those experiences and each day that it was number one or each day that it was on the charts, I would make another video and, and, and do some silly dances. And I took some requests for silly dances, but yeah, initially when it debuted at number one or when it hit number one, I should say, it was just sitting on my couch and uh, I turned on the TV to see if, how it was doing. And somebody had texted me. I want to say it was our composer who texted myself and some of the other. So Jamie uh, Christofferson, our composer, I think he found out first or could have been, it could have been Ali Afshar, our executive producer. Uh, but they came in like one right after the other. And I was actually looking at the movie and didn't realize it was number one. Um, and uh, cause it happened like the next day after it came out, uh, the first one, it was really fast uh, how it hit, hit number one. And um and uh, we all just kind of started freaking out. We were, of course, texting and calling each other. And it was I, it was actually Allie, I believe, that, that texted us first. And then Jamie Christofferson responded uh, that, it, that we weren't just number one in the U.S. because that's what we were all freaking out about. Um, but, but our composer, Jamie, texted in to our, like, group text and said, guys, check this out. And he, like, posted a chart from the worldwide standings. And we were number one in the world, which – just, you know, all of our jaws just were, were dropped to the floor because we had no clue that that movie would gain the traction it did. But and um, I think yeah, that, go ahead. Says, that says how amazing that you have as a team, that they were there to root you on in this moment, but also that that's just a great moment that you remember with your family, just sitting back on a couch and it's like, wow, I created something that people not only connected with, but that they supported. Because I think that's one of the hardest things, especially in this business, is that people say, yeah, I'm gonna support you, yeah, I'll check it out. And they they forget or they don't share it with other people. So, you know, I think word of mouth plays a huge role, but also just 
the time and dedication that you took to produce this, it just paid off for sure. Yeah, we, we were all, you know, we, we did make that movie with just kind of love and, and, and uh, determination, you know, that's really, it was, it was June of 2020 when we filmed that movie and basically no, we were the first movie back to film after the lovely uh, COVID thing started. So um, obviously I say lovely facetiously, um, but uh, no, nobody was filming. There was a, I think there was a couple docu-series and some soap operas that were starting up, but we were among the first, if not the first film to actually try and film again. And the reason why we were able to do it is uh, one of our producers, Daniel Aspermonte put together this really extensive and uh, detailed safety uh, program, like safety, um, you know, guidelines and SAG and a lot of the people, uh, you know, kind of took what he did there as an example. Like we were almost, we were kind of the guinea pigs. Like, can we make this work? Can, can we film in, in our, our plan was also, you know, the movie itself was limited amount of actors, limited locations. You know, we all took place on this dairy farm up in Northern California so we weren't in big cities. We weren't around a bunch of people. So we could kind of be in this bubble and make this movie. And then the two leads, Lauren and Josh Swickard, of course, were married. So, you know, they could kiss, they could do all that. And it wasn't a big deal uh, with COVID uh, safety. And it was just still so much unknown at that time. Um, but the safety protocol that, that Daniel put together was so extensive and so good that that SAG signed off on it and everything. And that's why we were able to make that movie. So I think we were all there making this movie just just out of pure passion. And we were excited to be uh, to actually have a job, you know, and to be making this thing. So we poured, you know, everything we could into it from our production designer in uh, Michael Cooper um, to uh, Elizabeth Jett, our costume designer. They put in so much, you know, passion and effort and, of course, uh, my director of photography, Brad Rushing and myself were, we would, we would take our days off and we'd go film B-roll shots because, you know, we just didn't have the time on the schedule. That was the other reason why we were given the green light is because it was such a short schedule. I mean, that, that whole thing was, was like, you know, 14 days that we shot the first California Christmas. And that was, that was another factor going into, uh, being able to get it done in this, in this, you know, time where everything was shut down. Um, and, uh, so, you know, we, we were just happy to be creating something and, um, never did we have any, uh, delusions of grandeur that, that this movie would do what it did. Um, and, uh, and, and, and it did well enough to also warrant itself a sequel, which we were, we were, uh, you know, just in, in incredibly flattered and, and happy that it was able to find an audience. I mean, that's all you ever wish for as a, as a creative and a storyteller is that what you create finds an audience. It's, I mean, it's no different from a painter, no different from, you know, a musician. Like, that's the dream. The dream is that what you create, people see and, and hopefully they like. And, um, you know, I think it was really good timing during that time to have this very feel good movie. And we had such beautiful cast 
everyone uh, across the board was just an amazing, amazing cast. And, and, um, you know, it resonated with people and, and, uh, we're just grateful. Well, I love that. I love to hear that because I, when I think of June, 2020, um, I started this podcast in May of 2020. So it just kind of brought me back oh, to that moment. That's that awesome. Stressed, yeah. You know? But I think the best part I wanted to say, Sean, is not only with you starting it, I think it's that you were able to find, like you said, the right audience of people to support it. And especially when we talk about Christmas, because, you know, holidays have changed for a lot of people since COVID and just how we celebrate things, how we experience life since COVID. And I know that you've been affected due to COVID because we all have to a certain, you know, respect. But I think that's great that you were able to still keep focus and say, this is something that I want to do and I want to be able to get back to some level of normalcy. And so you did an amazing job with that movie. I remember Christmas, uh, California Christmas, and I thought it was really great. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, we, we, um, you know, like I said, we, <laughs> we were all doing silly dances when that thing did so well. I mean, it was just uh, such a good feeling, you know, and, and you know, speaking of, of doing extra work, uh, background work, I, I did the same thing when I first moved to LA, I did background work and I really treated it as an education. I thought, here's a chance to get some, some time on a set, a real set and see how it all works. And I brought notepads and I took notes, um, and I would write things down terms and, and just really, I treated it as an education and it was, it was a really cool experience to get to, to see all that, that stuff. But my point is, you know, I've now been in this business 20, 20 years and, um, you know, it, it took a lot of time and dedication to make it, uh, even to the level that I'm at. And so there's, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm, you know, some big cheese or anything like that, because I, I know I'm not, but just even to, to make it to the level that I'm at, it took a lot of hard work and dedication and same with all the people that are involved in that movie and these movies with me, it's the same story. We've all been very dedicated to this craft and, and having that attitude of never giving up and, you know, the determination that, that we will succeed and having a moment like that, where you see something on a platform that's as big as like a Netflix is and, uh, seeing that that many people are watching and enjoying it. It's, it's one of the greatest feelings that you could possibly have, you know, next to, if, if you have kids, obviously when your kids are born, that's, that is, and it, it cannot be touched, but uh, next to that kind of stuff, this is one of the best feelings you could possibly experience. Um, and uh, you know, and then there's that pressure doing a sequel, you know, we were all terrified <laughs> of what that would mean. Um, and you know, at a certain point you just had to go, okay, look, we're just going to make the best movie we can. And if it, if it doesn't even hit the charts, like it is what it is. Like we're just crossing our fingers, you know, let it, let it, let it make a popular list once or something, you know, just, just so it's not completely, uh, you know, uh, fall into the wayside. But, um, but yeah, that movie did really, really well as well. And, and, uh, you know, both of them were number one in, in over 70 countries and stuff like that. Just insane numbers. Like when you see, when I see the numbers, it just doesn't even make sense. Like, I think I'm 
I still am, uh, you know, somebody's got to pinch me. I'm, I'm, I'm in a dream. Well, I'm going to the podcast, but, <laughs> but I love that. I'm just so very proud of the work that y'all have done. And it kind of goes into another question I have for you, which is if you had the opportunity to shoot a film in any country around the globe that you haven't visited yet, which country would you choose and why would you choose that country specifically? Oh, man, this one's a tough one again, too, because there's so many places that I would love to film. Um, if I have visited Scotland, so I guess that would be off the list, but I really want to film there. Um, so Scotland and Ireland, both of those places, I really, really would love to film just some of the scenery and the, the scenic areas are just, uh, breathtaking. Um, Spain is another one that I've re- it's really been calling to me. I really, really want to film there, but, but to be honest, I mean, there's, I mean, I filmed in China, I filmed in Vietnam, I filmed in England. Uh, you know, I think that would be amazing. So I guess I would say Spain, but another one that's on that list is, is New Zealand. I mean, who wouldn't want to film there? I mean, that's just incredible scenery. I'm also a huge Lord of the Rings fan besides being a star Wars nerd. I'm also a Lord of the Rings nerd. So, uh, New Zealand would be high on that list as well. Very cool. Well, I'm a Harry Potter nerd, so we, we, we're in it. Oh, I love Harry Potter, too. Yeah, I, I love the books and the movies. Me, too. All right. So I have two more questions for you. So the first one is, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you tell to younger Sean? And I want you to give us an age of which actual age would you choose? Oh, hmm. So I got a funny story, um, and, and a lot of people don't necessarily know this, but I, I directed my first commercial when I was 16 years old. Um, so I was already like attacking the stuff pretty, pretty young. <laughs> I ended up pitching different shops and stores in my hometown uh, commercial concepts, and I ended up doing 25, 26 commercials in, in my hometown. Um, so I don't know if it's like giving that person advice, um, uh, every step, everything that I've done, I feel like is, has had such importance that I wouldn't want to screw any of that up. So maybe I would just tell that 16 year old self that is starting that journey to, you know, keep going, trust yourself. You're on the right path. Um, you know. I always knew I wanted to be a storyteller. My father was a drama professor. He directed plays. He produced Shakespeare in the Park. He trained me. Uh, and and just seeing the joy that he was able to bring as a storyteller to an audience, a live audience, uh, that that always just, that's obviously what sparked it in me. And, uh, and then I discovered the subtleties of film and, and how a, a single you know, I blink could, could mean a thousand words uh, is why I moved into that direction and, and became so fascinated with the medium. Um, but yeah, I think my advice would be to my 16 year old self is, 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 you know, believe in yourself and, and, and you can accomplish what you are setting your mind to. 
I love that. I mean, I feel like many of us, especially at that age, we are still trying to redefine who we are through our experiences. But that at 16, that you had that belief system, I could get out there and not only produce something, but to share it with people around the world, just, you know, as time has progressed, that you've been able to over 20 years of a career. That's amazing. I mean, a lot of people have a hard time managing day-to-day living, you know, and sticking with one job, but that you're able to do something for this long and be effective at it. I think that that just says a lot about who you are and also the mentorship that your father Barry had with you and showing you about, you know, hard work and dedication and resiliency. So that's amazing. Yeah. And it's also, you know, lots of credit to my mom because she 100%, you know, incubated that creativity as well. Um, she's a very creative person as well. An amazing writer and, uh, and dancer. <laughs> and, you know, I got my moves for sure from her, uh, and my grandmother as well. Um, my grandma used to dance on tables and until she was like, you know, 80 years old. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, my, my mom and dad both just really, like I said, they, they, it was a environment of support and, uh, I can't stress enough how important that was. And I think creativity can, can obviously come out of struggle. We see that so often that people that struggle have these amazing, uh, you know, creativity that flows from them based on those struggles. And, and I'm not saying that I didn't have struggles, but, at least from that portion of my upbringing, my family was so incredibly supportive in the arts and in pursuing the dream. And, uh, you know, that, that, uh, I was incredibly lucky to, to have that incredibly blessed to have parents that were so supportive in that way. And, you know, that's all I think you could ever ask is, is you want the people around you that love you to support you. And, uh, you know, even if it is a wild pipe dream, so to speak, and this business is certainly, um, you know, not for the, not for the faint of heart. Uh, you know, I tell people all the time, it's, if you have that drive in you that this is it, like there is no other option, then you can't give up, you know, but if, if you're not one of those people, you're just like, ah, you know, sometimes it works out for them. Some, some people <laughs> that just don't care end up being very successful in, in the movie business. But, um, but for the most part, 99% of the, the, the thing, it's, it's people that are so dedicated to it and so convinced that this is what they must do that they make it, you know, every overnight success in Hollywood uh, or almost, I should say every, overnight success in Hollywood is 10 to 20 years in the making. I mean, that's, that is, you know, it, it sounds silly, but it's actually the truth. It's people putting in decades of work, um, to, to find that, um, to find that level of, of success, uh, whatever that means to them. And I can believe that. I mean, I have on um, one of my cousins, he's actually a recording artist and he performs, and he's actually been traveling the world recently. And just knowing that dedication that it's taken for him to get there, it takes years. Like I said, you can have all the talent in the world, but you know, if someone doesn't believe in it or they, you don't have the finances to support it or enough supporters, quote unquote, you know, online and people sharing it or becoming a sensation online, 
it makes it a lot harder for people. But I always say like, if you really have a passion for something and you're willing to do the work and not give up on yourself, then you can create whatever visions that you see for yourself. And it doesn't have to equate financially, you know, for each person the same way. But when you go home at night and you realize I'm actually living in my dream and I'm actually able to share it with other people and they're giving me positive feedback, that keeps you going. And it just reminds you of the reason you chose that profession in the first place. Yeah, and and if you truly have that passion, it will resonate with people. You know, I think that's a, a message to a lot of people out there too, is that you really aren't alone. There's other people like you. And if you are, you know, in that space and you are, you are, your passion is coming through and you and, and resonating and you're, you're kind of, you know, vibrating on that level, you will reach people, you know, it's just a matter of, of time and, and all of that stuff. But, uh, you know, um, you know, especially if it's in some kind of, uh, positive way. Obviously, if your message is just all doom and gloom, then maybe <laughs> I'm sure you'll find your people too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you, if you somehow are able to connect and make people feel, uh, you know, uh, some kind of way, you, you will find some, some measure of success. Absolutely. Well, I have one more question for you, Sean, and this one is how can our listeners find you online and can you tell us what's next for you if you want to tease information about your new um, Netflix original that will be releasing this year? Uh, yes. So um, uh, you can find me on Instagram and I'm director Sean Piccinino. Um, my first name is S-H-A-U-N. Uh, last name's trickier to spell. Um, that's P-I-C-C-I-N-I-N-O. But if you put in director Sean, most likely you'll find me on Instagram pretty quick. Um, and, uh, you can also look at my uh, my hashtags, which are Director uh, Sean Piccinino and Director Sean and stuff like that. Um, and uh, I do I have a new movie coming out this summer in July. Um, I can't announce official date yet, but it will be on Netflix. It's called That's a More, uh, not That's a More, but That's a More, and it is about uh, two uh, people finding love through a Spanish cooking class. Um, and uh, it's actually a lot of fun and very funny. Um, our lead uh, actress in Riley Dandy is is an absolute riot, and I think people are going to love her. Um, and the entire cast is just amazing. And uh, there's lots of good cooking they're doing in the movie, and there's a lot of fun antics that that uh, go down. So definitely look out for that in uh, July of this year on good old Netflix. And then I also have another movie that will be hitting um, the streaming airwaves on uh, in December. Don't have a date for that yet, but it will be in December um, for HBO max. And that one, uh, the title is not official yet, but that will be another holiday movie, but it's, this one's surrounded uh, uh, by music. So this one is about a young uh, uh, woman who is a, uh, uh, aspiring musician and she's traveling across the country uh, for this really big opportunity. She uh, has uh, uh, kind of afforded herself. And of course there's su stuff that kind of almost stops her from being able to, to get there and reach that. Um, but lots of original music and songs. So I'm super excited about that. 
the lead of that, which is Annalise Separo. She's phenomenal. What an amazing actress and singer um, from New York. She she recently did West Side Story with, with Spielberg. Um, and anyways, she's, she's amazing. Also, Brooke Shields is in that one. And she was so wonderful to work with. Uh, all the rumors about her are true. She is just absolutely a delight. And uh, we had such a blast making that movie. So I got two coming out this year, and I'm super excited about it. So be on the lookout for those. Well, thank you so much, Sean, first of all, for agreeing to be on the show and sharing your space with us. We're just so grateful to have you here. I've had such an amazing time learning a lot more about you and your personal life and also your career. A lot of things I didn't know, which I think is amazing. And I know there'll be more to come. And we'd love to have you back in the future. So if maybe toward the end of the year, if you want to kind of promote the new film, and then we can talk about, of course, your film on Netflix that will be coming out in July. It would be great for us to have you back. Yeah, I, of course. I'm, I'm always, uh, always would be delighted to be on your show. So invite me back anytime. All right. Thank you so much, Sean. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. We thank you so much, Sean, for being here on Black Canvas, and I hope you have a great rest of your evening. Thank you so much. You too. Have an awesome, uh, awesome right. Sunday. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Oh, 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 oh.